Hello there, this is Dr. Casey Bradley, and you're listening to the Real P3 Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the real pork producers around the world. I hope you enjoy. So there's a new podcast out there on Facebook Live called Porkcast. It's done by J.P. Martineau and Louis Roy from Quebec, Canada. They have interviews in French and are also starting interviews in English. They have a unique concept to where you can see live action videos and they talk about the different problems and techniques that you need to work on in pork production systems. So I thought it would be really great to have these two guys on the Real P3. And we're going to have a lot of fun because if you haven't checked them out yet, there's a lot of laughing and a lot of joking around. But in all seriousness, some really great advice from a seasoned nutritionist and a pork producer from Quebec, Canada. So stay tuned. Well, hello. How are you guys doing tonight? Great, great. Cool. Yes, very good. <laughs> Would you mind uh, introducing yourselves for our audience? Yeah, uh, I'll do it first. Uh, Louis-Philippe Roy, I'm a pork producer uh, in Quebec, Canada. I got a small farm you know, in, Canada, in Quebec. The, the farm are smaller than the U.S. Uh, we got 200 sow farrow to finish. Uh, we uh, sell our hogs to Olimel. We got two employees, uh, one from Quebec, but another from Guatemala. I'm the host of the podcast show we create a couple months ago. Yeah, the, just to finish on that part, uh, the podcast can be found on uh, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we got the French versions, like French episodes and English episodes. And so, uh, yeah, we've started that in October. And uh, have a look at, have a, you know, please go ahead and go see our show. It's very instructive on like mostly techniques and we're challenging on farm. And so um, that's where we got to know about the Casey she saw our show and that's where we uh, got in contact. And so it's great to be here tonight. For, for my part, I'm Jean-Philippe Martineau. I'm a swine nutritionist for uh, Nutrition Atina in Quebec, but we are also involved in the nutrition across Canada. We oversee pretty much uh, 30% of the uh, swine in Canada that we're involved with. And so uh, directly and indirectly. Our company does lots of research and all, and so uh, glad to be on the show. Yeah, and we, we first, we're friends. We're doing business together. <laughs> we're your close friends, too. Yeah. So that's helpful to share with the podcast show, too. Well, I can tell you guys are close friends because you have too much fun talking to each other about pigs. <laughs> we got the same passion in common and we always, always talk about pigs. But, you know, Saturday we went to uh, GP Sugar Shack and we didn't <laughs> spoke about yeah. That was the first time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wow. weird, actually. I don't think we're going to do that again. <laughs> All right. Maybe. Awesome. So today's we're going to kind of talk about obviously we have two nutritionists and a pig producer so this could be scary but I think <laughs> just one talk. yeah <laughs> okay for yours okay yeah with the truth sorry about that <laughs> yeah so but we're going to probably focus more on the farrowing house and early pig care in crushing because I think you guys got some unique stories to talk to us Louis explain how you manage I guess to start out and the problems and then JP can kind of jump in and talk about how he helped you through those problems okay all right. Uh, we start, but first we start uh, working together like two years ago. The problem we got at the time was crushing, uh, pig crushing. Like 50% of the mortality 
was pig crushing. So uh, when GP came, he saw uh, the first thing he saw was uh, the lamp, you know, the heat lamp. We got like a, a nest. That's, that's the right name. Uh, a niche. Niche. Yeah. No. Okay. Yes, a niche. So we, well, it was uh, it was names. not not at the, at the the right place. So we start uh, moving this, and uh, we got great result, but not great. Like it we was moved. not perfect yet. It was not perfect. So uh, that's the the first thing we start working together. And uh, after months and after years, <laughs> we we uh, we look at other stuff and we uh, we changed the, the the niche. We got a nest uh, for the piglets. So the first thing I understand, for my point of view, for producer view, was the the importance of where's the piglets gonna be when the sow is gonna be hot. That's the the key for the crushing for uh, to find out why the piglets are uh, crushed by the sow. We uh, we just placed like a plastic board on the side of the of the crate, and that was the like feeder, a, like right the beside the, the between the feeder and the crate. Like we have a about a feet and a half. Yeah, yeah, and so and that so that divider really helped us out to to reduce the like we think that it's not accurate science, right? It, it was a lot of uh, try and. <laughs> I don't know. But but it's the it's about the airflow, eh? So so we feel like adding that extra board between the feeder, like right next to the feeder, uh, to attract the piglets into that niche really helped us a lot. Just so that we feel like now that we found a way to get really a, piglets attracted to that corner, we know that when you walk through the fairing room. All piglets need to be either protected in that zone yeah. or drinking milk. Otherwise, there's an opportunity to do better with that niche. And so, and plastic is not that expensive yet. I'm saying yet because wow. everything's just so expensive <laughs> today. Eh? <laughs> I thought I could plug that in. Man, it's expensive. But uh, but plastic is not that much. Like so, so we basically took some plastic you had in your garage, right? And yeah. so look around and just uh, just see if you got the material already. And and yeah, add that extra board. See how you could protect piglets from the airflows until you figure it out basically because um if you're walking through your crates and piglets are not protected their chances they'll get crushed yeah because we got an old barn we got uh our crate the floor is concrete like uh 70 of the floor is concrete so we always say okay the problem we got it's the concrete and mm -hmm. when we start thinking a different way we said, no, today the problem is not the equipment. You know, that's not the crate. That's not the concrete. It's the problem was where the piglets going to lay down and where uh, and they won't be protected by the sow. That's the important thing we, we found. Yeah, with, and this is common. Eh? Like some people think, like some of my customers think that once they'll get a brand new barn, all the problem yeah. will be gone. <laughs> it's not the case like let's no. like louis your barn is probably one of the worst right <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see i could probably any day of the week <laughs> no no but but, but you know, yes it's all this in good shape but you know you don't have the um nothing's high tech right it's, no, it's no, no, all no. 
is all uh, very ordinary. It's something that every producer either have something equivalent or even better, right? Yeah. And and, and just so you like it's uh, like last last batch like how many piglets did you get crushed yeah we got uh four piglets for 40 south so crush so we uh, we started doing night shift we were doing a night night shift but like not completely we're like two two hour shift and we changed me and my wife but now we are doing like 24 hour around the clock shift and uh that's changed everything so the first day of pharaoh we uh we are we we start on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. We are in the barn. My employee left the barn on Saturday, so to Wednesday to Saturday, we got a people in the barn to watch uh, the, <laughs> the the South Pharaoh, but always uh, in uh, the the piglets may lay down on under the the cell, and so uh, everyone's got to watch those piglets and clear those piglets under the the cell. Just to be sure, to don't have uh, fingers will be crushed by by the sow. So, and so, yeah, sorry, that, and batch the re- farrowing. Then I guess that kind yeah, of batch farrowing. Yeah, okay. four weeks. So yeah, so what we recommend now is you know when it's possible, but it, there's there's a big monetary opportunity, right? To to have no crushed pigs or basically close yeah. to none, and so we feel like it's very necessary to have someone at in all time barn. in the sow barn and a ratio that we could recommend is probably one per but like, 60 one per 70 cell right it's uh, how it's much depend, you, it's depend. you know uh, i don't i don't remember the name of the girl who uh, presented to the pic roadshow but she said if you don't have enough like 15 or 20 time uh, 20 minutes to do a check of all the cell you have too many. You have, no, but no, no. You have too many. You need more <laughs> employee. Yeah, yeah. Now. But you're looking over too many thousand, man. Yeah, too many thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we uh, we got one for fifteen, maybe sometimes one person for ten cell. But that's ten thousand are farrowing. No farrowing, right? Yeah, yeah. And for the twenty-four hours, it's important. But it's also so all the producers say, okay, the twenty-four hours is important. So we do the we do great job on twenty-four hours. But the next twenty-four hours, it's and to say too. it's what to me so, 72 hours for the yeah it's 72 race, hours so. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so it's the- not like because most people they stop doing their their tours like night shift once the fairings are done yeah but they should continue at least two more days after that's when the the crush happens and so you need to continue to have a night shift at least 48 hours after you and almost 72 hours and basically you need to save how many piglets to pay your your night shift probably one piglet each so is that yeah. a possibility i think so like if your guy's not able to save one piglet in his night like i'm pretty sure he will so it's, it's yeah. there's a payback sometimes yeah. it's, it's just to clear those piglets under the cell it's, it's easy like that you know so we sometimes my wife just write down on paper okay this cell it's up and uh, okay, you know, she's watching. She's watching in the, in the fairing room and say, "Okay, she's down." She start running. <laughs> <She's> down, <laughs> count the piglets and say, "Okay, this, she's got 15. That's okay." And uh, leave the cell alone. So that's seriously for us. It was the the key our success. It's, yeah. uh, it's just be in the barn. And mm-hmm. I saw uh, uh, you may know uh, Doctor uh, Coleman. Uh, it's a vet. He, w- he was working for Thomas Livestock. You know the farm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they recall me. And uh, Louis is a, a big fan of yeah, Thomas Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Thomas like he, <laughs> <laughs> he can't do one episode without talking Thomas no. Lightstack. Yeah. And uh, Larry Coleman did a webinar and he said, we, we don't have new technology in fairing room. You have to put people in those barns to watch for the piglets. And he's, he's right. And we, we are just, uh, I'll copy all of what uh, Thomas Lightstock was doing. We just all copy Thomas Lightstock and the PIC. A guideline, and we just put it in place. So we didn't invite new staff. We don't have like a special bottle to <laughs> to, uh, to give to uh, those staff, but we just do our time in those barn and just work. Yeah. And the payback is and... there, right? Cause yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the piglets that we saved are not low quality piglets, right? The crushed piglets are are your good. Are, pigs. Sometimes yeah, it's they're the bigger pigs. it's the bigger piglets. Yeah, yeah, it's any pig, but you know if. They're not if they they're they're alive after 24, 48 hours. Like for sure, you're wanting. It's because you took the decision already to. It's a good piglet, viable piglet, and so yep. if, uh, and so that's why I feel like those because you are almost saving one extra piglet per crate, right? And yeah, and, yeah. And that's why since we've solved that issue, you're you're weaning probably one piglet over the average, if not more, right? It's easy. Like a, you're weaning what thirteen. Uh, last really? batch we win uh we win 13.4 37 exactly but uh we did uh four, 37 uh, so if you do that 13 times in a row it's 37 per cell 37 okay point 37 yeah 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 how much is that 70 dollars a pig from what i've heard huh. for wean pig prices today i mean not all <laughs> yeah today yeah yeah so uh, <laughs> worth gold right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so times 2.45 that's an average of a um, 32.75 piglets wean per year so it's pretty good pretty good yeah. and uh, the most payback of, is rapid yeah exactly and yeah so that's so, why we feel like we're not talking like people are not talking about this opportunity no. enough like they're we're, we're talking about how can we increase total born and all but no you you got already all the piglets you need yep. you just need to save them like and bring your pre-wean mortality lower and sometimes people say okay you got small farms so you can do night shift but that's not <laughs> that's <laughs> not the issue right here they if you sometimes when people say to me you got small farming i say okay you got 200 uh 2000 sal i want to do night shift for 2000 sal but you got yeah. you more salary. You got you can pay people to do the the job, and yeah, for me, you got the si size doesn't always matter on that. No, 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 size doesn't matter at all, at all. Like, but you got to convince your you all night. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always like I can imagine that it's hard to convince people to do the night shift, right? Yeah. So there, there need to be some kind of a profit sharing incentive, like uh, some kind of bonus or whatever, for sure. Because it's uh, it's not for everyone to do a night shift, I guess. No, no, no. But the it, payback is for sure there. But it, it needs to be mine. some kind of mechanism yeah. for the company to to give some kind of incentive to to, to encourage people to do them. Yeah, and it's just if you're in batch farrowing, it's basically four or five days eh, that you yep. need to do it, and then it goes back to normal. So yeah. And in the night shift, you do. Uh, uh, Forgot the name, <laughs> the word in English. Uh, the small percentage of piglets. Uh, Piglet house tours. I guess, well, yeah, yeah. Say in the night shift, my, my wife doesn't just look at the piglets. She's doing job too. 
So when you come in the morning, uh, you don't like run to see what's out, uh, have faring in the night. Uh, so it's it's more um, how can Blue. I say it? Yeah. There's job that got done, so there's no yeah, morning the rush. Right. There's no morning, no, no morning rush anymore. Rush. Yeah, yeah. So you 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 can allow to have maybe one person less in yep. the morning because most of the job got already done at night. So night. you don't necessarily need more people overall. You're just spreading your hours differently. Yeah, yeah. And I was right. gonna say, um, coming from a family who my husband works the night shift, you know, night shifts do work for certain people. It's yep. just. I think sometimes when I've heard producers talk about it, they struggle with getting that trained staff or that supervised mm-hmm. staff. So it's not only having somebody there, but having the right person there that you know is going to be responsible, do the work, not only just watch styles, but like you said, well, if there's a couple litters they can process at the same time or something, that they're doing that extra work to take away from yep. the daytime. But Yeah, that's no. it. And you got employee issue everywhere here in Quebec. You may have difficulty to have employee in the U.S., so that's that's tough for uh, see, my wife doing the, the the night shift. So it's easy for us, but I know for other producers that's tough to just have having employee. You know, we got employee from Guatemala here, so we can. That's why we all t- always talk about night shift and me and GP. But you can use those employee. They want to work. You want to do overtime, so it's more easy, but. It's, uh, uh, you have to convince uh, the owner that you may uh, you need to start doing night shift to save the piglets. But if really the system can't have night shift, like no one's interested, let's say, and the business just decided they don't want to, I feel like there's a technology already out there that could <laughs> no. could be an option where where we could. <laughs> they're starting they're starting in Quebec to have some producer with the lift crates they're brand new so they're working great like i'm not a fan of putting a whole lot of stuff that's going to require maintenance but the payback seems to be there like they're sitting at you know 8 9% premium mortality for a large farm with the employees, a whole bunch of employees that do not have any uh, experience. experience. So, yeah. So, so I, I feel like there's something there, like the lift crate are very popular in Europe and all. And so um, if you're not willing to do the night shift, uh, evaluating how to improve your niche, if you don't have a niche today and you already need to invest in a niche and all, like maybe I think it's something we need to at least be informed and have a look and yeah have the data try to get the data from someone that already have it some feedback from those that have it from for a couple of years now that have been doing the maintenance and all and just have feedback from them to see if there's something there but uh, there's definitely a, a wave of uh people are talking more and more about it in quebec uh, anyways yeah so not sure if it's the case uh in the u.s have you guys been well, talking i haven't more? really heard of anybody trying it on that point, maintenance. So you've been around these crates. That's when you said that. I think it's a great idea and it, concept. It works, but um, when they start breaking and uh, the, the fixing of, you know, I've had my fair share of maintenance issues in my world, and uh, it's not my favorite thing to do. So how easy is it to maintain them and fix them? No idea. 
but <laughs> knowing <laughs> knowing that it's under a sow and all like uh, i doubt it's gonna be fun yes, go down yeah. in the pit <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i was thinking i've spent my yeah. time yeah. it's not really where i want to be no. No, no. <laughs> no but you know if the payback is two or three years imagine if they're almost maintenance free for let's say five six seven years then then it's done like if you say like no this was i don't want to do the maintenance we'll shut them off and that's it right you don't need the maintenance they're already paid for double so you got your money already and and twice and yeah. so i don't know i don't know I, for the maintenance part in quebec anyway it's too new like everything is brand new like it's been everyone that have One them year, have years. only had them for maximum two years yeah. and so we don't know i don't have that experience yet and so we would definitely have to talk with people in Europe that have had them for yeah. several years but, to see on the maintenance part. But if you call with, if you talk with the equipment guy, I'm sure they'll say that there's basically <laughs> close yeah, to zero sure. equipment <laughs> maintenance, right? Oh yeah, exactly. It works <laughs> like a dream. Yeah, yeah, always, all the time. All Except the time. on that Sunday afternoon when one goes down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the way I, the way I see it, yeah, this lift grid can help you. But when you do night shift, like Casey said earlier, you, you can do more work. So you're not just there to watch uh, pigments crushing another sow. You, you help the sow fairing and you do some health issue on the, uh, on the sow and the pigments. It's the way I see it. It's, and the payback for us, like we did, we start night shift was like first fairing batch we did was the payback was already there. So I, that's why I... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah no no there's no investment that for sure that's yeah. no investment and you, you work with the grid you got and uh, the heat lamp or whatever you got just yeah. so just so try. let's talk about distribution and mortality and i think there's a, a way for technology to help us all and other things so we were 50 percent crushing what is your percent crushing now or laid on deaths well it's just four out of um out of 45 well, how, how much did you still lose though uh i lose like uh, yeah. like eight it's eight to to ten the problem we got is like we don't have pig crushing anymore but all the small piglets who were there when the all the bigger piglets was crushing we just like move the problem so we got lots of, of, of mortality on the but you didn't move piglets. completely the problem i think that's false though like we're still weaning more piglets yeah we, we yeah we yeah we're weaning more pigs but we got like i think we got a, in bearing batch the goal for the mortality, I think it's 8%. I think that's 8%. It's the best you can do in very, in four-week fairing batch. It's uh, it's the target we want. But I'm on the average I got for last year was 10, 10 and 0.2, I think. And we just want to try to save those 2% piglets. And that's what we are trying to do right now. Just try to focus on maybe the... I know you you, you have the discussion on your show about the 40 piglets do sound mm-hmm. they do in Dan- Denmark or and we start thinking about about that. We don't use milk in in crepe, so. Uh, and I think so- that's our weak part in in Canada, yeah. Quebec. Like I think Europe is way more advanced with us mm-hmm. uh, compared to us on that part. But like we're we don't have that much knowledge, equipment, or experience with milk supplementation. And yeah. I wonder if it's even a, a way we should go to. Right, it, like, should we b- you be using milk, or there's something different we should be doing? I don't know, but it's, yeah, uh, I mean, that's the debate because I, you know, my producer friend listened to this. I won't mention the name, but he works for a pretty large system. And he goes, "That sounds like a pretty cool idea." And you know, I went to Denmark and saw all, every crate had a milk cup. 
mm-hmm. a little different than what we run. So to me, it looks like less mess, less waste. And, you know, but when I worked for New Fashion Pork, and this is 20 years ago, we put one of the first milk systems in where we implemented it, it was a complete disaster, right? Uh, yeah, we had the same experience, by the yeah, way. Yeah. We just pushed the problems down to the nursery, pigs yeah. were doing well, things like that, comments. And so, and then, you know, you talked to Paul Ferris, he did the milk deck. He, when he worked for Cargill, really implemented that system really well in a batch farrowing. And, and you know, milk decks and, and that kind of system to me for batch farrowing works really well. But it all goes back to that people management. And we talk about, you know, we don't want to do night shift because we don't have enough employees. We don't want to do this. And, you know, I had a conversation today. Is it really the amount of employees or is it the, you know, the ability to want to improve? So obviously you fixed one problem. Now you have another one. So start thinking about new strategies. And and I think learning from the Europeans, as you said, either from the, you know, raising decks or whatever we want to call those crates that are good to learn from but you know i think to get to those 40 pigs per sow like those guys saving more pigs this liquid feeding system needs to be probably reconsidered in the u.s and canada yeah but i'm just wondering at what point will it it'll make sense right because the sow can still take it the sow today can wean like several sows can wean 14 15 already right it's just the average is not there but so that's where we need to pay attention when we receive guilt that all our sows have at least, you know, 16. like, but no, yes, but the 16. majority and then the majority <laughs> having 16. Exactly. But yeah. it needs to be there. Like it needs the, the discussion needs to be on the nucleus side where they can do the selection more aggressively uh, so that we can get there. Like, let's not forget that it's uh, the, the milking ability of the sow, the issue today, not let's not try to invest in all these equipment and and get the milk in and all like let's just do a better job selecting our sows and uh yeah it's going to be hard for for genetic companies i guess but it would be very helpful to get it done once and for all a bit like they did a couple years ago when they found that uh smaller piglet uh Mm -hmm. born was an issue they cleaned that up and it's pretty gone not sure in the u.s but in canada Right now, I don't see smaller piglets being born anymore. It seems to be very, like, seems to be solved. Like they they got a handle of it and they got taken well, care of. Um, and I think so, if you listen to Peter, he said he's selecting his own. He does rotational breeding, so he's selecting the yep. sows that have the big uniform pigs. He's selecting on that criteria, criteria, yeah. and fixing. I don't know if it's all the milk system. You know, we could sit down. Does he really need the milk, or is his genetic selection solving it? So we want to take this break to thank our sponsors, the Sunswine Group, Nutriswine, Swine Nutrition Management, and Pig Progress. But we also wanted to remind you of our new Facebook group, the Global Swine Professionals. We're going to be doing something fun, some live interviews, some Q&A, and we just want to hear from our audience. So that's a great place for you to take the time, leave us a comment, tell us what you want to hear, or volunteer to be on our show, because we're always looking for those awesome pork producers around the world. Well, that's all I had. So let's get back to that episode now. But from my point of view, for producer, uh, we had the discussion last week, uh, me and GP, and I got the same discussion with, uh, I work with uh, PIC, uh, Gitmore Gill, or PIC Gill, and we say, okay, let's focus 
on the guilt first and stop thinking about the like Amen. milk milk stuff and so like having 16 tests on those guilt it's important if you want to win more if you want to, to win 14 you have to you have to have, have, to have 16 six, 16 yeah. so the second things i have the discussion with gp was okay can we feed those uh, those guilt better can we just focus on that and try to find different way to to feed those guilt to be sure when they got the first uh, pharaoh they will be like uh, at the top they will win 16 and we know like in the future they will win the average 14 and yeah. after if we don't win 14 maybe use some milk but like try to focus on the guilt first yeah so it was actually a great debate too of <laughs> about do we really need to have 20 pigs born per sow per year no. you know per litter or whatever not per year but you know, do we focus on high quality pigs, get the, you know, the gilts brought up to speed the genetics, but. How do you, you know, those pigs uh, feed with milk and how they grow in vanishing barn too. If you want to grow fast, I, I don't know. I never, I never use milk, so I don't know how the piglets are growing in the vanishing barn, but uh, I was thinking that if they use milk in the, in those grapes and go in the finishing barn, they'd be like, not, but not strong at all. Uh, not strong, but uh, they will grow uh, not faster. So we won't grow those piglets faster, those pork faster. So well, if, I don't know if that would make a difference, Louis. I don't know. Like, I'm no, just no, no, no. wondering if it's making yeah, a difference. No. I think it's all how you do it. I mean, it's more than just adding milk to make it right. It's transitioning on the solid feed. Talking about gradual weaning, and that didn't matter if that's coming from Paul Ferris on our rescue deck in the U.S. and the, the Cargill system, which is now JBS. Or is that, you know, in Denmark and stuff, they are putting them on, you know, feed. And that's something with between PED and some other things in the U.S., we've taken away creep feeding. We run research trials and say, oh, well, creep feeding has no value. And I'm still a proponent of creep feeding because you're training that pig to eat. I don't care if you yeah. put sow feed in that bowl, but teaching them how to eat, getting some taste pattern recognitions, things like that. I think we can do a better job of training our pigs before they go off and leave mm-hmm. their mom. Yeah. Yeah. But there's still going to be those pigs that struggle. Like they don't have a nipple and all, and we're going to lose them. And that's where I feel like, I don't know. Do you think a good milk system will get that piglet to survive and have a decent wean weight? My question is, is do you want it to survive? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we do. I think I, we do. I, because we got yeah, good quality piglet thing. born, but it, it's going to be too late by the time we notice that he got skinnier. Yeah, yeah. To the I mean, point, like, we won't get him to milk. I, I don't know. So that's I why I think it's the solution people. is the, the nipple. Like, we, they need, yeah. they need, yeah, so 16 nipples. I mean, we have that in the human focus. data. You know, mother's milk versus formula. We know there's a value to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I think I see a lot of people trying to also save pigs that don't need to be saved. Well, yeah, no, that's another problem. Yeah, no. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but that's where I think. That I used to try. I could save them all. Yeah, yeah. We, we did the but same. There's still that little stinker at the end of the <laughs> <laughs> period. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The same. And we, when we bought the farm, uh, my, my parents were not pig farmers. So uh, they were working for all the mail. But so we, me and my wife bought the farm like 80 years ago. And the first thing we put in place was like giving milk to all those smaller piglets. <laughs> and 
we like three days later they will die <laughs> so, <laughs> there's no point so much time on it but they will die <laughs> so we start <laughs> we, we stop <laughs> no you're better doing your normal chores they'll save your crushed pigs and yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well any other right. thoughts on crush pigs from a nutrition perspective that you're doing to help those sows and no there's nothing i do to save crush pigs to be honest uh, <laughs> it's all about <laughs> life doing yeah. all the work well no it's not yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> i do all the work uh, <laughs> just know it's wet about it <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but no but you can uh, on the nutrition side you can um you got to make sure to not give too many meals like Let's try to not get the sows to get up and down too often during the day. That'll help you out. Like, is there really a point of getting that much feed into the sow in the first two, three days anyway? Like, uh, so might as well give it all in uh, two meals, let's say, and be there to supervise during the times that they are on a meal period. And so that's, that's the only, uh, that's what I would say. And yeah. also... Like, let's try to not have them standing too long searching for feed. So if you're in a faring room and there's a, a sow standing up and you know she's not going to get more, but she's obviously looking for more, I usually recommend to give her some feed so that she eats and lays back down because she might, you would be surprised that she might stay there for, you know, 45 minutes trying to figure out how to get feet out of there. And during that time, piglets will be hanging out mm -hmm. under the other and they'll get crushed. It's a risk. So, so that's why I recommend thoughts? feeding. In between what's there. your thoughts of kind of how just all has done it a little bit. They have, you know, the trickle feed to get them to eat more and get up. And, I had the same thoughts is I can get plenty of feed in my sows, giving them feed two or three times a day while I'm supervising when they lay back down. But, but you can program your just as so that, yeah. uh, you know, you know exactly when the meal time is like, you don't necessarily, like you can put the strategy you want, right. With that just yeah. that. <laughs> and so, so you could say the first four days, there's only two meals and it's at eight, let's say, and at 3 PM. And then this way you have people supervising uh, during meal yeah. times. And so I, I that could thought. be, because I would not recommend, let's say, uh, eight meals with triggers and, you know, trying to stimulate feeding during those three, four days. There's no point. The only advantage is uh, creating a habit. So if you, from the start, if you have the same cycles all over, then once you want to crank the, the feed intake higher, then they'll be used to, having you know segregated meals like that like five six seven times per day and so they'll they'll know what to do but yeah no it's uh the first days there's no point of getting that much feed in the sow anyway so might as well control into two three meals maximum that's what i would do but i have a gestal <laughs> <laughs> and it's worked pretty great by the way <laughs> but we changed we changed uh we we got the the first uh gestal and uh, we just changed the uh, first version, you mean? The yeah. first version, right. Yeah. And we changed two weeks ago for the FM version and the second version. And yeah. we got the trigger and it's completely different. The sow always up and I, I need to like uh, give more feed to the sow. It's, it's not working the same. It's the same feeder, but it's not working the same. So we have to adjust. <laughs> to, and. The, so you're saying the, that it's stimulating the sows too much uh, or what? It's too much. Way too much. Way yeah, too much. So, 
So, so we'll have to discuss uh, you, about that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's another topic. So yeah, we—I never saw in my in my firing room. We never saw like all the all the cells up, and and on Friday and Saturday they were all the times up. They need more feed. So uh, that was that was new for us to to watch all the the cell hop and uh, to look at all the cell. In the yeah. but I don't know. I think it's way great. Just all's a great system, but you, I know the you test like just all and. Uh, Crystal spring feeder and it's all the same. Yeah, the test, if right? we yeah no for for us because we kept the, the two systems like you know just a crystal spring feeder versus okay. uh, we had a couple rooms on there for years where we had five rooms on crystal spring and five rooms on gestal and I feel like if you're feeding well, there's no yeah. opportunity to wean heavier piglets on an automatic system. It's uh, but if you're already struggling, you're not doing the normal work properly, especially on weekends and all, then for sure, put technology in your barn. It's going to help you out because you're not doing the basics. But if you're doing everything perfectly already uh, with a regular feeder, I don't think there's a huge opportunity to wean heavier pigs by adding technology because it's quite expensive. So you got to be sure you got a return on investment. That's the key in production. So another technology to help this crushing pig, um, and I don't know the company or the name, but that little shock, you know, oh, uh, yeah. sensors. Yeah. What is your thoughts on that? Well, we tested it in our uh, in our research facility. No, we didn't. We didn't see anything. We we were not able to prove that we were saving piglets with the system. Uh, hey, you, you didn't prove anything with the uh, the test you did. No, it doesn't no, no. work at all. Well, there was a little bit of a glitch too. Like, uh, yeah, no, I would have to go more. In. I, I wasn't the one supervising that trial, so it's not uh, fresh in my mind. But I know there was a glitch and they had to fine tune a bit there because the scream of one was able to, like the scream of one <laughs> piglet was <laughs> giving a shock to two cells, you know, it's not, uh-huh. it was not perfect yet. And so, and I don't know about, you know the the perception giving of giving uh, giving yeah. a little I'm shock the perception. The shock, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> Knowing people in those barns. What <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the barn and you get shocked? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and plus, like batch furrowing, you need a whole bunch of like yeah, you need a lot of equipment, yeah. and it's really not cheap. So no, I'm not like maybe someone that's uh, on a weekly basis, like furrowing all the time. Then maybe it could make. S- but still, we didn't see any improvement, so it doesn't make sense anyhow. No, so, no. no, but no, to my knowledge, the best way to save piglets without the biggest investment is being in the barn. Yep. And the second, if you got a whole lot of money sitting around, you can look at the <laughs> lift crate. <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> but I think it's like $800 Canadian but- per crate, eh? And so uh, yeah, maybe yeah. six six hundred dollar US. Uh, maybe yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. You got to be sure. And you get you get difference from a genetic to another. Uh, when we started three years ago, I was using another genetic, and those sow was like rock. You know, just lay down fast and <laughs> on the piglets. And the sow I got right the genetic I use today, it's completely different. It's, it's because of the feed, Louise, because you no, changed no, the feed no. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, the feed. But no, seriously, the, the, the difference is, uh, is important. So, yeah, when if you use a genetic and you got like 14% of mortality, mm-hmm. you, you put lift crate on place, and yeah, it's going to help you, but it's all depend when you where you start. 
So. Yeah, true. My barn would maybe not see it different with lift grain. Yeah. Just stop. We will do night shift. It's like any issue, right? If you feel like you're not better than the average when you compare yourself and benchmark, spend the time investigating yeah. how how to change stuff in your barn. Like not all barns are made the same. So it's not because we find solutions at one barn that the same solution will apply. Like we won't be able to save to do this exact same thing and get and replicate the solution on a different barn. And so it's just important to talk with your surrounding, like the, the specialists you're working with and find a way. There's always a way, but it's not always obvious. It might take a couple months, but keep, keep challenging it and find a try stuff. Like you don't need to change all crates at once. Just try stuff. Like be, be a, have the imagination and, you know, put some time and look at yourself, like spend some time looking at them. Like how many minutes, hours we spent, Louis, uh, just watching yourselves, their yeah. behavior and, okay, let's try this and that. And, you know, it, it's about trying and learning. Like they'll tell you, like if you look at them and they'll tell you what's wrong, like most of the time, they'll you'll see they'll it with their behavior. Yeah, exactly. They'll figure That's why we create the podcast. I was like just talking about pork production, pork techniques, what we do at, in my barn and GP, what GP saw at other uh, producer barns. So that's yeah. it. Like we want to, we want those producers to, to listen to the show and say, okay, yeah, we like 11 last week. I thought it was good. <laughs> so <laughs> I can do 12, maybe 13 someday. But that's, yeah. that's the reason why we start the show. We say, okay, people can do better stuff. Can do better work and we and vice versa right we we can hear people's yeah. comments because they're they, they're live they, they are live also on our chat and so we interact with them and so we see what people are concerned about or their point of view and so it's really helpful for us to understand also, like yeah. okay wait that's maybe something we need to investigate more or let's give it a try or no he's completely wrong <laughs> <laughs> no we're on the same path of the real p3s like, yeah yeah it is we all have the same problems we're just transferring knowledge and yep. everybody wants that magic dust or the silver yeah. solve everything and it's not it comes down to like you said people watching your sows watching your pigs and, and i don't know if technology ever will replace somebody who's a good stockman i don't know i don't think so so you say I don't think technology will yeah, technology will help you to understand more things. But you know, when you you uh we talk about PCAI in the last show and you have to know no no I, for me, the best way to have a good result it's a producer who's is in the barn every day, start to look at the eight of those sound. Yeah, you got technology from Quebec, you know, Rom Romain started technology, uh how yeah. you call the the to, to- they like the machine actually looked at yeah. the behavior of the sow and it yeah. knows exactly when you should breed her and give just one dose. One dose and yeah. so, uh, yeah, pig, pig watch, right? Pig watch? Yeah, pig watch. Mm-hmm. No, it's pig the watch. old name, but it's, anyway, it's the same, but good enough. It's, it's great. Maybe a great machine. The idea is great, but it's not at the, at the top to it to say, okay, yeah, I put money in this technology and it's going to help me in the, in the barn. No. You have to put money in, uh, employees just, be there and show what's pork is pa- first. You got you need passion. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. that that's the first thing you, you need. Passion. And you have to understand how it's work. And you know, I got two, so only two employees. And sometimes it's hard 
we kept we have to repeat. Uh, if you watch those those style guys, if you watch the piglets and yeah. in the finishing barn, it's the same. Did you check the uh, the the feeder? It's always 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 say the same thing. But when but your came, lead, your but your leadership is inspiring them. Like it needs. Yeah, to, you, yeah, it's you important. Need, you need and, to, you need to be, because you know we talk about it sometimes. But you know when the when the owner is not in the barn that often, it's hard to say stuff and uh, have a good follow up on on the chores yeah. and all. If you're not giving the example, so if you want, like the best way to convince people that it's important to do the night shift, well, just just do, do it. The night shift. Yeah. Do the night shift. And until they realize, well, maybe it's not a good idea that my boss doing the night shift. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should, maybe I should say like, you know what? I'll, I'll do them. I'll I understand now. This. Like no, uh, it's important you... for you. I know it's really important because you're doing them yourself. Like I'll, I'll, I'll take over. Sorry about that. You know, <laughs> I purposely made sure my employees would see me power washing and doing jobs. Yeah. I didn't think they wanted to do because it's lead by example. And if you're not willing to do it, they definitely don't want to do it. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Great advice. I hope we can have you guys back on. You, yeah, have, sure. you guys are full of knowledge and expertise. <laughs> and for my audience, please watch their live shows. And even in French, if you can pick up a few, <laughs> I learned something and it's enjoyable yeah. and I'm, I'm Google translating at times and I'm like, to say, <laughs> but yeah. Great work, guys. I appreciate everything you're doing and the passion and the knowledge you're sharing with our industry. Thanks. And thank you for being Thanks. on our podcast. Anytime, Casey. Anytime. Yeah. Maybe uh, a year in a year we'll meet at the. Someday, right? We're in Portland, Spoh. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe somewhere in the US. <laughs> Before we go, we want to thank our sponsors again Swine Nutrition Management, NutriSign, Pig Progress, and the Sun Swine Group. Don't forget to join our Facebook, the Global Swine Professionals. And as always, if you get a chance, hug a pig for me today. 